tis episode numero tres in our episode of Earth Day. Well, part three out of six of our series of Earth Day, but actually episode number 25 of all the episodes I've ever created. Let's get started with more chill music. Hello everybody and welcome to today's episode of Vic the Random where we talk all about the amazing wonders of planet Earth. And yes, today's not Earth Day, but that doesn't mean we don't celebrate this. Also, this episode means that by the time it is Earth Day, you have a more comprehensive understanding of it and its facts. Let's begin. Hello everybody, the quote of the week today is Darkness cannot drive out the darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Martin Luther King. In fact, my history teacher has a poster of this right by his desk of this exact quote. So, wonder where I got that from. In the last episode in the series, we left off with the Atacama Desert. Oh, yes, right, right, right. If you are new to this series on Earth Day, meaning you haven't watched part one and part two, then I recommend you do so right now. Because you do not want to miss out on all the fun stuff we talk in those episodes. So first, listen to part one, episode 15, then part two, which is season one, episode 20, and then this, season one, episode 25. You know... You know, I just noticed a trend that I made unconsciously. But you know, we might as well just follow it. Can you guess what episode number part four will be? All right, anyways, let's start with the ecosystem that comes after the Atacama Desert in our list, the Pampas. Now, you might be wondering, what is the Pampas? Well. The pampas are just like the grasslands, only these pampas have lagoons and rivers in them. These pampas are huge and cover parts of Argentina, Uruguay, and Brazil. Yes, we are still in South America. Animals that live here are the guanaco, a llama-like animal, a camp flicker, a bird, the greater rhea, an emu-like animal, the pampas fox, the Patagonian hare, the big hairy armadillo, and the apex predator, the puma. In fact, the greater Rhea is like an emu, runs in a zigzag pattern when chased. Buenos Aires is also located in the Pampas. Sadly, however, these Pampas are very underprotected and are being destroyed by farming and grazing. When large farm animals come to a certain area and, well, eat most of the plants there, it just makes life very hard for the native animals that live there. It also makes it hard for the plant to regrow. Farming on this land also contributes to soil erosion, which degrades the soil and makes it hard for any plant to grow on it further. Anyways. Next, we have the Andes. And the Andes is a mountain range and can be separated into groups. These groups will be based on altitude, so lowest altitude to highest altitude. At the bottom of the Andes, we have something known as a tropical rainforest. This is similar to the Amazon. It starts at 500 meters, or 1,640 feet. Animals here live to, or 
animals that live here are the spectacled bear, yellow-tailed monkey, and the Andean tinamou, a small bird. The cloud rainforest above the tropical rainforest starts at around 800 meters, 2,624 feet. And there's a reason why it's called the cloud rainforest. Yeah, you can see clouds. Very cold. And fog. But anyway, here we have animals such as the alpaca, the llama, which can actually handle the high altitude. What makes this ecosystem special is that you have such a wide variety of animals in just one space. Because instead of this ecosystem being spread outwards, the Andes are spread upwards. In fact, 15% of the world's plant species can be found in the Andes. These Andes were also where the Inca Empire used to live. The Inca were the largest civilization in South America before the Europeans arrived, which is really, really big. Sadly, however, the trees and plants in the Andes are being used for firewood, and their animals are being illegally hunted. In addition, farming also plays a big role in deforestation. And now. At 555 words, 555 words being when I said now, that was the 555th word. But anyways, after that, we take our break and then move on to Europe. Europe, you're next. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's random fact. Did you know that avocados are actually a fruit? What? But then, if an avocado is fruit, then what's the difference between a fruit and a vegetable? Like, what is a fruit and what's a vegetable? Well, here's your answer. Fruits come from the part of a plant that flowers. For example, a strawberry comes from the flowers of the strawberry plant. A vegetable is the edible part of a plant. For example, a carrot is the root part of the carrot plant, so you can eat that root things get confusing when you talk about broccoli and the flower part of the broccoli and broccoli is still a vegetable even though there's a flower bit on it that you're eating and ah but anyways there's a basic definition a vegetable is the part of the plant that you can eat and a fruit comes from a plant the part of the plant that flowers <clears throat> also huge shout out to miles lewis this extraordinary human being, which opens happens to be in the same school as me, will always run up to me every time he sees me and says, Hello, my favorite podcaster. Thank you, Miles. It, it really means a lot to me. Also, speaking of which, I am now featured in the Week Junior, Volume 5, Issue 196, A League of Their Own. I'm on page 28, and yes, I'm just speechless. Speechless. Thank you, Week Junior. Alright, Europe is up. Let's start with the moorlands of the British Isles. These British Isles are wet and hilly and full of grass, moss, badgers, deer, hares, and birds such as the skylark, the red grouse, and the dragonfly. There is evidence of the British moors once being a forest, and actually the British moors were created by humans. We humans, when we went to that ecosystem, which once was a forest, cleared the trees and made it sort of more of a wettish grassland. And that wettish grassland created the British Isles. 
These isles have many bogs which have something known as peat. Peat is similar to mud and it's actually something that can eventually form coal under pressure and more time. Now, humans destroyed one ecosystem, a forest, and created another, the moorlands. But we must be careful once again as to not destroy this ecosystem, as overgrazing and farming have started to dry up this ecosystem. It's getting drier and losing water, and water is the main source of life for basically all animals. Yeah. After that, after the British moorlands, we go to the Mediterranean Basin, aka the Mediterranean Sea. The Mediterranean Sea is the largest enclosed sea and is surrounded by 24 other countries. The only way to get into this sea, the Mediterranean Sea, from the Atlantic Ocean is through a small little gap named the Strait of Gibraltar. A small gap. It's a very small gap between Spain and Morocco. And in fact, fun fact about the Mediterranean Sea, it once dried up and turned into the desert. Two reasons for this. One, the water, the fresh water that flows from streams into the Mediterranean Sea, evaporates three times faster than it enters. This means that the main source of water for the Mediterranean Sea is salt water from the Atlantic Ocean. But the reason why the Mediterranean Sea turned into a desert in that short time was because the small, small, thin, narrow Strait of Gibraltar was blocked because of an earthquake that caused Spain and Morocco to merge. So no more inlet to the Mediterranean Sea and <sighs> desert. However, one more earthquake caused Spain and Morocco to break apart and allow salt water to once again refill the Mediterranean Sea. Sadly, however, human activity is destroying this Mediterranean basin because you see over 200 million tourists come here every single year. Hotel construction is destroying habitats. The sea is being overfished and water from the rivers is being overused. The one source of fresh water in the saltwater sea. <sighs> yeah. Fresh water is very, very precious. Because you can't drink salt water. But anyway. Next, we have the Alps in Italy. And the Alps are really, really big. And just like the Andes, have different sections based on altitude. The Montane Zone, M-O-N-T-A-N-E. Not to be confused with Mountain Zone. No, it's the M-O-N-T-A-N-E. The Montane Zone is from 800 to 1700 meters. 2,624 to 5,577 feet, and has animals such as the brown bear, the gray wolf, and the red deer. If you go higher, higher up until you reach about 2,400 meters, you will find the subalpine zone with birds such as the golden eagle and the scavenger bearded vulture. The alpine marmot also lives here. Now, as we go up more, it gets colder, and above the subalpine zone is, well, the alpine zone. In the alpine zone, animals are naturally great climbers, which is why the alpine ibex and the chamois live here. These animals are really skilled climbers and can navigate against the rocks and rough terrain. Also, they are really resistant to the cold because it's really cold up there. Anyways, Alps is over. And now next on the list means Asia. We go to the largest continent in the world. So Europe. You are no longer up. Europe is not Europe. Does that, does that make sense? But anyways, Europe is not up and now it's Asia. 
the largest continent in the world. So let's start with the largest continent in the world and in the largest continent in the world, the largest and greatest mountain ranges in the world, the Himalayas. The Himalayas were formed when India crashed into Asia. As one continent crashed into the other, the Himalayas were formed. Himalaya means abode of snow in Sanskrit. At the very bottom of the Himalayas, in the tropical and subtropical forests, so very, very bottom, we see the Asian elephant, the wild boar, the Bengal tiger, the rufous-necked hornbill, and the golden langar monkey. As we go up, as usual, we see the temperatures drop, and the temperate coniferous forest has animals such as the musk deer, the taken, and the famous red panda from turning red. At 2,002 meters, or 9,849 feet, we see the Himalayan Tahir and the Snow Leopard. Now, the Himalayas is one of the most famous mountain ranges in the world. Want to know why? Because it, it has one famous mountain named Mount Everest. And Mount Everest is 8,840 meters high, or 29,002 feet high, the tallest mountain. But anyway, that's the Himalayas, and these Himalayas are actually more important than you think because the snow on the Himalayas, when it melts, turns into water, and that water fills the rivers and irrigates the plants. Sadly, however, climate change is causing the temperatures to rise, causing that the glaciers and ice and the snow up there melts faster than it can probably be replenished. And the Himalayas snow is actually melting at a faster rate than it can be replenished, meaning that we might not have enough water for farming. Also, farming and grazing on the Himalayas are problems as well. But yes, that's all we have today. And next up in our next week episode, we will be continuing Vic the Random. But one month later in our fourth section or part of our Today's Not Earth Day, but we will be continuing with the largest continent in the world. That was a bit confusing. But anyways, stay tuned. See you next week. Credits! This episode was created and directed by Vikram Devaru. Music was made on GarageBand by Vikram Devaru and cover art and script were all written by and made by Vikram Devaru. Thank you for listening. Hello there, and thank you for listening to the video for the end. Thank you. And also, do you get a sneak peek into what I'm... It's, it's sort of an inkling idea now, but sort of a thought into what I'm going to do next year. And not next year, but next week. And this is going to have to do with tectonic plates. Because in this episode, I talked a lot about Strait of Gibraltar getting closed because Spain and Morocco moved. How the heck does that happen? How do continents move? How do they just stand up? and move. That's impossible, right? So we are going to talk more about that in the next episode and something like that. And depends on how it goes, we might even talk about natural disasters and basically all of them. Because yes, Spain and Morocco standing up and moving and merging together has something to do with natural disasters. Stay tuned. See you next week. And thank you for listening to the very, very end. Goodbye.